Amen. We're going to get started this morning. Let's find a seat. We're going to sing song number 103. I will call upon the Lord. Amen. Number 103, I will call upon the Lord. You'll see it right up here in about a second. We're going to start. Here we go. I will call upon the Lord. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. I know the Lord living and blessed be the rock and let the God of my salvation be exalted. I know the Lord And let the God of my salvation be exalted. Oh, magnify the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. I know the Lord liveth, and blessed to be the rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. Did I know the Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. Let us praise the Lord of lords, praise Him now and evermore. Praise the Father, Son, and the Spirit. I know the Lord. The next song will be When the Battle's Over. You're not going to find it in your songbook, so it's up here. <clears throat> when the battle is over, I shall wear a crown. Oh, I shall wear a crown. Oh, I shall wear a crown. Let me hear you sing. When the battle is over, I shall wear a crown in my Oh, 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 oh,
I need to see this winded from all that. Come on. I love, love praising God in the morning. Uh, love, especially on a Sunday morning when everybody's together. We're all worshiping God, adding our voices together. I can only be- begin to imagine the choir of angels when we're up in heaven together singing. I love that last song. Because I think about when I am going to see and walk the streets of gold, when I am going to see my Jesus there, my prayer is that when we all get to see Jesus there, my hope is that we dedicate our hearts to God. That we dedicate our, our lives to, to loving and imitating Jesus. But that's not what I'm preaching about today. Mike's preaching today. <laughs> I want to welcome you this morning. And i got a scripture to share, so I want to share it with you. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great scripture. I've read it time and time again. And uh, it hit me a different way just yesterday morning. I want to read out of 1 John 3. Verse 1, it says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And I love that scripture, because I think about how much I love my son. I think about how much I just love running to the toy store and grabbing a gift for him and giving it to him. And he opens, he opens up the, the, the bag and inside are some Legos. And he's like, he's all, he's, he's all smiles. And, and he just loves getting great gifts from dad. Um, he likes getting gifts from mom too. Mom, mom doesn't hold back either. <laughs> but, uh, but I lavish my love on him. I lavish gifts on him because I love him so dearly. And sometimes it's not because he did anything. And that's really the important part of what I want to share this morning. It's not because he did anything at all. It's just because I love him. And, I, and, and, and it dawns on me that I, my God treats me in the same way. Yeah. He sees me in the same way. I want to share the same scripture out of a different version. Out of the English Standard Version, the same scripture says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us. It ca- it, it's ca- the scripture is calling you to open your eyes and see it. Yeah. That we should be called children of God. You're called a child of God not because you wanted to. Not because you asked for it, but simply just because it is. And the scripture ends, and so we are, as an affirmation. We are. We are children of God. Whether you believe it or not, I'm here to tell you you're a child of God. We are the creation. We aren't the creator. So if we are the creation and we are created by a loving God, 
That's what you're here to find out about today. This loving God is going to wrap His arms around you, love you despite your doubt, despite your faith, strong or weak. And that's what we're here to do today. We're here to worship our God. We're here to learn about our God. And most of all, we're we're here to give give this, this Sunday morning to Jesus, where we might not give the rest of our week. But let's give that to Him this morning. Let's pray. Father God, uh, we, are, we are here this morning uh, to, to see you. And, and, and not, with, not with human eyes, but with our human hearts. And I pray that when, you're, when scriptures are open, that you'll show yourself for who you are, the loving, caring, compassionate God. You'll show us that, that you are a God who is greater than anything we could possibly concoct in our own minds. And I just ask that uh, today our hearts are soft. That if we have doubts, God, we at least set them aside for now. If we have fears, we at least allow you to conquer those fears for us. And if we have arms open wide, I pray we just relish in the embrace. I thank you so much for lavishing your love on us. for, For opening up that fantastic cornucopia that just pours great things out of it. That we, can, that we can have that love and make it our own. Thank you so much for today. I pray that uh, you're with us singers, God. Help, help us to lead the people to worship you. And where we fall to God, be the angel, send the angels. That we could be the voices uh, that, bring, that bring your word to the people, God. I pray that as Mike preaches, give them the confidence. Give them the boldness. Give them the wisdom. And I pray that we can gain the understanding. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, everybody, arise. We're going to sing Soldiers of Christ Arise. Song number 444. Soldiers of Christ Arise and put your
Amen, guys. That sound great today. Alright, we're going to sing song number 400. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high its royal banner, it must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead. Now I'm going to take it a little bit slower here. Let's sign number 474. Out to Jesus I surrender.
visitor here, but uh, if you don't, my name is Randy, and my wife Jenny is here too with our three boys, Andrew, Jeffrey, and Nikki. Welcome. And uh, we're from Hartford, hey. Hartford area. Hey. And uh, Kyle's old stomping ground here, and uh, and I have the uh, the honor this morning, which I thank you for, uh, to be able to share for the communion. So what if I came from out of town, some other church? down in southern Connecticut, and I, I wish I had the visual aid, you know, the golden scales, you know, okay. it has the, the strings, I, and you know, the chains yeah, that you could yeah. So what if I brought one of those, and I put it here, and I showed how it, uh, it can pivot, and you know, you put weight on each side, and whatever's heavier, that's the part that goes down, the other part right. goes up. So what if I said, hey, listen here, here's my message for the church, uh, this is what God wants. He wants you to take all the good things you've done, put them on one side of the scale, he wants you to take all the evil things you've done and put them on the other side of the scale. See which one's heavier. And if the evil side goes down, eh, you know, you're not saved. But if the good side is heavier, then you're saved. And that's how you make it into heaven. And good day, everybody. What if, what if I came and I brought that message? Would you, what would you do? Yeah, maybe I'd have a few hecklers in the audience. Uh, what was that? I wouldn't be invited back? That's, oh, that's, that's, that's harsh. <laughs> and yet, we all know that um, outside of the church, outside even the broader Christendom where there's churches who, you know, they, they have a sense of Christianity and whether we believe that they're really um, 
do everything right or not. Aside from that, there's, then, there's, then there's a large group of people who they have an awareness of God. They, you know, they see every now and then a Hollywood movie where there's you know, an angel or something. And, you know, they believe in heaven. And they do believe that, you know, good people die and go to heaven. You know, they don't go to church. They don't read their Bibles, maybe. Maybe they go to church once in a while. But sort of this generalized, popular version of religion is, you know, if you're good, you go to heaven when you die. If you're bad, you don't go to heaven when you die. But how do you define good? Yeah. Well, usually it's, well, I'm good. People that are a little bit worse than me, they're, they're bad. And, you know, there's people that are better than me, they're good too. But usually I'm the cutoff point, or maybe a little bit behind me. You know, Hitler, oh, he's bad. Of course, he's, he's not saved. But, oh, Mother Teresa, she's saved. And, uh, and, you know, people justify and weave, well, I did this and this, but that doesn't make me a bad person. And, oh, this person's a really good person. And it sort of comes down to that sense of the scale. Right, you pile on the good, you pile on the bad. So, when Paul wrote in Galatians, he was writing to Christians who were looking back to Judaism. And that's not exactly the same way. In Judaism, there really is a sense of, of God and God's purpose. But there was a very complicated law that they had to follow. And uh, their righteousness, what, what they believed made them righteous, was how well they followed the law. And today that would be our sense of what's good versus what's evil and how many things we've done. But this is what Paul wrote to them in Galatians 2, beginning in verse 15. To the Galatians who were starting to revert back to Judaism. Because, of course, at this time, most, if not all, Christians were actually Jews. We who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by observing the law. Because by observing the law, no one will be justified. If while we seek to be justified in Christ, it becomes evident that we ourselves are sinners, does that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, I prove that I am a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. And I want to emphasize that last verse. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. So as Christians, do we ever feel... Not spiritual enough. Do we ever fear, feel, like maybe we're not worthy to serve in some way? Someone asked me to get up front, but I shouldn't be up front because I sinned this week. Or, I I shouldn't sing because my life's not a perfect example. Or, right now I kind of feel like I'm in God's doghouse. Things are not going quite my way. It must be that God's, you know, pressing me down with his thumb. Or, Ultimately, this could lead us to feel like I'm not worthy to hold, to hold out the gospel. What am I doing sharing my faith with this person out in Battery Park if I'm not living the right way? I better not share. Um, do we ever feel that we're half in and half out of God's kingdom? Yeah, whether that makes sense or not, do we ever feel it? Like, those are the real disciples. I mean, I know I'm not lost. But I don't feel totally saved. I feel sort of like I'm on the line. I'm kind of half in, half out. I'm not as good as 
a disciple. So if we've ever felt anything similar to that, I'm, I suggest that what we're doing is we're setting aside the grace of God. Because there is no half in, half out. There's either in or there's out. And I remember this is going back, and I'm, I'm sure nothing, this is probably a bit of an extreme example, but I remember the glory days of campus ministry, and there's a lot of young disciples in campus, right? Because they just become disciples, and everyone has good intentions. But there were teachings floating around the campus ministry years ago when I was in campus, like, wow, so you've got to confess your sin. You've got to keep confessing your sin to be saved. So that means if you sin, and then you're driving down an icy road, and you crash, and you didn't get a chance to confess it, maybe you're going to hell because you didn't wash that sin away because you didn't confess that sin. This is stuff that was kind of floating around. Like, wait a minute. Um, I wasn't being a disciple today, you know. I, I didn't have a good day, so I wasn't a disciple today because I didn't have a quiet time today. Shoot, hopefully tomorrow I'll be more spiritual. Hopefully tomorrow I'll be more of a disciple. So a lot of this in and out sort of back and forth scale sort of mentality. But I think we can, we can feel that way because I think no matter how hard we try, we're human. And we sort of maintain that mentality. But... Listen to a few, few quick verses here. We know them, so I'm probably just going to paraphrase them here. But we know that in Romans 3.23, it says that we all fall short and fall, we all fall short of the glory of God yep. and are justified freely by His grace. Amen. In Romans 6, verse 14, it says, Sin shall not be your master because you are not under law but under grace. Amen. And in Romans 5, first couple of verses, it says, Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Grace is something that we are in. And if we are in it, we are in it. It would be, I think, cheapening Jesus' sacrifice to think that we could so easily slip in and out of grace by our actions. I sinned today. I must not be right today. Maybe tomorrow I'll be right doesn't work that way and maybe to you that's like of course you know i know that but but i think sometimes we might live that way or might feel that way we forget that we're always in god's grace that in god's eyes while we're always imperfect he chooses to see us always as perfect even when we sin even when we haven't confessed yet even when we're having a downtime. We're always perfect in God's sight because of Jesus. And to say anything less is to reduce what Jesus did for us. A couple more verses, just to sort of drive home what I believe is the main point. And I'll admit these verses in and of themselves don't necessarily come right out and say, yes, what Randy's saying is true. But I think when you take them together, it makes a strong case to say that if you're in grace, you're in grace. You're not slipping in and out. Listen to James 1, 13 through 15. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. And keeping that thought in mind, Hebrews 3, verses 12 and 13. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, 
so that, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We know it is possible to leave God's grace. But I believe that as we sin, and as we don't deal with our sin, and as we continue to sin, and as we continue not to deal with our sin, our heart becomes hard. And the harder our heart becomes, the more dangerous it is, till finally, hopefully not, but finally, we leave God. One sin doesn't push us out, one righteous act doesn't bring us back in. I think we need to be very confident of God's grace. There is one spot that I have found in Galatians, getting back to Galatians, where... Paul actually does mention falling away from God's grace. And I thought this was very interesting. In Galatians 5, verse 4, Paul talks about falling away from God's grace. But listen to what he says about who it is that falls away from God's grace. You who are trying to be justified by law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. The way to fall away from grace is to stop believing in grace. And and to belittle grace and to think, grace doesn't apply to me because I'm too bad. And you are, so am I. But let's not forget that Jesus' sacrifice is bigger than that. And so when we walk out, okay, so we have sins, we did different things this week. Forget it. Move on. Because grace has got you. You're in grace. Let's go to God in prayer. Uh, Heavenly God, thank you for your grace, God, which is bigger than anything we can see. It's bigger than anything even that we can understand. Um, In our human way, we can judge good, bad, this person is good, this person is bad. What do people deserve? But you know what we deserve, God, and yet you choose not to give us what what we deserve, but instead you give us grace. God, I pray that we'll be confident in that, that we'll know it does not rest in our own power. Um, As we strive to do what's right, as we strive to uh, to live Christ-like and godly lives, um, please give us the strength to do that, but to know that um, the safety net you put there is absolute. It's not, it's not going to fray, it's not going to snap, it's not going to break. That um, We can't mess it up for ourselves unless we choose to, God, that you have us in your hands, God. Thank you. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Amen.
Amen. That's going to bring an uh, end to our communion service. I want to uh, bring up a few prayer requests here. Uh, number one, uh, we've been praying for Carolyn's mom. Uh, and uh, let's just continue to pray for her. She's, uh, she's struggling right now uh, with cancer and uh, not sure what kind of time length we have left for her. But we just, just pray that uh, she reconciles her heart with God as she finds a closeness with God she's never found. And that... Uh, that when she passes, she'll pass in peace. So, um, I'm also asking for prayers for a new career. I've uh, been laid off for about six weeks now. Just keep huh? a little louder. Sorry. Uh, and I just keep me in your prayers just so uh, I can find a career that will help me support my family and continue to contribute here at church. Uh, and speaking of contributing here at church, uh, let's just take this time now to, to pray for uh, our offering. Um, we're going to pass a plate, but... Don't, if, you're not, if you're here visiting, don't feel obligated to give. Uh, if you do give, amen, God, it certainly will appreciate. But uh, this is for the membership, so let's pray. 
Uh, God, we thank you so much for all the great things you give. Uh, we thank you for the the, uh, the gift of Jesus uh, and the grace given, as Randy said, God. Uh, it's it's immeasurable. And yet, here on earth, God, we have, we have jobs and we have money coming in somehow. And, uh, and all we can do is hope to somehow give back to you in a way that pleases you, that encourages you, that helps to advance the kingdom. And I just pray that uh, as we give, we give with sincere hearts, not with grudging hearts. And I ask that uh, you'll continue to bless God as, as we try to uh, just give, that, give back that portion you granted us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, as we're passing the plates, uh, I want to make some announcements here. Uh, the campus ministry will be having daily events this week. Uh, so check your Facebook page or our Facebook page for those details. Uh, we won't be having midweek service this week. Uh, instead, we'll be going to the carload night at the fair. And what it is, it's $60 per carload, and you get admission and unlimited ride wristbands for all the people in your car who have seatbelts. So let's be safe. Uh, based on loading up your car, please. Uh, this coming weekend is our annual camping trip at DAR State Park. It's always, a, it's always an extremely fun event. Uh, there, there's nothing better than camping and cooking on an open fire unless you can't do either of those things. Um, if you have not paid, uh, please speak to my wife, Michelle. She's got her hand raised over here. Um, and the cost is $15 for the weekend for an adult and $12 for the weekend for children above five or just about four. Okay. Four and up. Um, so if you do want to come camping, please let us know as soon as possible. There's still space. Uh, we'll be needing to take up new nominations for the board members for this year as well. Um, so, Mike, are we going to have a separate meeting for that or... Send them by email, please, if you have a nomination you want to have for somebody on the board. Um, We're also in need of more teachers for Kids Kingdom Rotation. We're always in need. Uh, The kids are a ton of fun. Uh, They're also uh, really great uh, influences. And if you feel you can contribute spiritually in that way to influence them, then please volunteer. See Rob and Chandra. Um, And that's it. We're going to take a five-minute to ten-minute fellowship break to let the kids go to those kingdom classes. And we're going to meet back here in about five or ten minutes. I'll call you back for singing. Amen. Amen.
Starting in 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Say it a little bit louder. So we're going to get started in 30 seconds, folks. So I'd love for you to get to your seat. It would be awesome. All right, let's stand and sing our song. We sing, Thank You, Lord, 700. <clears throat> thank You, Lord, for loving me. And thank You, Lord, for blessing me. Thank You, Lord, for making me whole and saving my soul. I want to thank You, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. I want to thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Let us all with one voice and praise to Christ the Lord. Let us all unite in song and praise Him all day long. I want to thank you, Lord, for loving me. scale perspective. I saw it. I don't know if you guys saw the scale in my head. I was like, I saw the golden scales. I was like, mine would be far still on the worse end for sure. Uh, but amen, you know, for God's grace. I was like, you know, I need to get a golden scale now for our house to put there. and We could do something really cool with that. I was like, that'd be a cool idea. So babe, keep an eye out for golden scales. Amen. But, um, you know, I've been... You know, personally, I've been learning a lot recently. I mean, just a ton. And and I feel like I'm always learning. But even this last two weeks, I mean, I feel like God has just been pouring out uh, almost new perspectives and many new ways to think about Scripture and to to learn so many different things. And I'm I'm encouraged. I'm excited. I don't know if you guys have ever felt like... 
oh man, like you've, you've changed your mind about how you see something and it just like blows your mind. That's kind of where I've been this week with God and it's been incredible. Um, and I'm sure that will we'll trickle through into, into the church as time goes on. But I want to, one of the things I've been working on personally is, is also trying to just grow in, in my preaching and my speaking. I'm up here, you know, most of the time. And if you don't, if you're visiting with us, my name is Mike, uh, along with my wife and an incredible leadership team. You know, we lead, we lead the church up here. But uh, I do most of the, the speaking on Sunday. So I've, I've been trying to grow in this. And so this morning, I want to try something a little bit different uh, than I normally do. Okay. So I've been like praying about it, asking other people to pray about it because I want to try this. But uh, Mike, Mike uh, Fix inspired me a little bit. Some stuff that I've been reading has inspired me a little bit. And, and different speakers watching them uh, preach and speak has, has encouraged me. But so what I want to do this morning is I want to tell you a story. Okay. All right. I want to tell you a story. And it's a true story. It's a story that you can find in Acts 8. And, and I could read Acts 8. Or I can tell you a story. And I want you to just... Envision it with me. If you want to follow along, I'm going to be in Acts 8 and you can follow through there and kind of see, see what this is. But I want to paint a picture for you through story. All right? So you're with me. And so in Acts chapter 8, you can find this story. But it's a story about Philip. And Philip is, he's an apostle of Jesus. You know, he's, he's a servant of the poor. That's one of the things that he's known for. And he's, he's one of the main characters we're going to talk about today. And it's Philip and, and an Ethiopian guy. Right? And there's this Ethiopian uh, government official. He's the treasurer for a queen. Alright? So he's a, he's a pretty, pretty respectable guy as a whole. And we're, we're going to talk about these two characters, these two guys today, and, and talk a little bit about their story. And I want you to just... Just consider this, alright? Jesus did this a lot. He talked about, he would give a story, and he'd pull out the truth in those stories. And so in Acts chapter 8, what you'll see is Philip, he's, he's a guy, he is, he's actually left Jerusalem. And the reason, this is 2,000 years ago, so it's dusty, and it's sandy, and it's hot, and you know, people are wearing flip-flops or no shoes. You know, not flip-flops, but they're wearing kind of, some kind of sandal shoes. And... When we first moved up here, I, I was like, Larry, are you wearing keys to church? He goes, hey, the disciples wore sandals. Jesus wore sandals. I was like, amen. He's not wearing keys to church today. Amen. But, uh, you know, that, that sort of thing was, was common. So think of this, this era, this time period. You know, you've got some Roman roads, but you've got a lot of dusty dirt roads. Right? And so you put yourself there in the story. And so there's Philip. He's left Jerusalem because the church has started to get persecuted. You know, Paul is starting to kill people. There's actually been the first Christian martyr who was just murdered. Uh, he was stoned to death, preached an epic sermon, but then uh, they killed him. And, and that persecution started. And so people started to leave Jerusalem. Christians started to leave. And Philip's one of the apostles, and he, he left. And so as he's left, he, is, he begins to just go out. And he begins to just tell the good news. And it's crazy. People are starting to believe in Christ. He's telling them about Jesus, telling them the good news. And then he shows up in one town. He actually converts a sorcerer, which is crazy. You know, in America, we don't think about sorcery. But I've heard stories even still in like Africa where disciples, people get converted and they actually start bringing like their scrolls, like actual still in current time period, people with living memory. Remember that people are like 
burning their idols and their like stuff of witchcraft, which is crazy. So this stuff really happens there. And, and so this guy, is a, he's actually doing sorcery, magic. And these people are seeing it and going, he is, he's a god. He's a god. And they're worshiping this guy. And, and Philip comes in and he teaches him differently. And this sorcerer changes kind of how he totally repents in some ways and not in others. But Philip has done some amazing things. All right. So you've got this guy. And as I've said, Philip is, he's a man full of the Holy Spirit. He hears he hears an audible voice from the Holy Spirit, which is an amazing, amazing thing. But it says in, in Acts 8, this is where we're picking up. You can follow along if you want in Acts 26. I'm not going to follow it exactly as you're going to see it here. But an angel comes to this guy. So here's the story. An angel comes to Philip. And he's out there somewhere. He's, he's traveling. And the angel comes to him and he says, Hey, I want you to go down this road. You imagine an angel, most people are terrified. And he goes down to this road, and he's traveling, and he goes down there, and his, it's a desert road down to Gaza. And along the way, I don't know if he's kind of slowly walking along, or if he's suddenly just standing around, like kicking rocks, if you've ever stood by the side of the road, you know. He's, he's there, and he's waiting, right? He's kind of waiting for something. He doesn't know what he's supposed to be there for, but he's told, go there. And Philip, he's traveling, so he's, he's walking, or he's waiting, and the Holy Spirit says, Hey, you see that chariot? Go over to that. Go over to that chariot. Now, if you've ever... I, I pray to hear the audible voice of the Holy Spirit. I don't think I've, I've heard it yet. I've definitely felt some prompting of the Spirit. And, but I want to hear it. But he, he hears the Spirit. And so imagine this. You're walking, and you hear this voice, and it tells you, Go over there. Go next to that chariot. And as soon as he goes to this chariot, he walks up. It's dusty. You know, it's, it's probably a four-wheeled, kind of like a carriage cart, you know, probably covered. And this guy's on the inside. And he's reading. He's, Philip's probably walking along and the dust is coming up at him. And he hears this guy begin to read this passage of Scripture. And it says, he hears this man, he says, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. Philip hears this, and what does he ask the guy? He says, now this is, this is bold, walking by a chariot. He just asks the guy, do you know, do you understand what you are reading? Do you understand Random dusty dude off the side of the street asking this guy, do you understand? I'd be like, roll up my window, you know, uh, or like close my shades. But instead, this guy goes, how can I unless somebody explains it to me? How can I unless somebody explains it to me? And then this this man, he doesn't know. He just invites him. He says, come, come up into my chariot. And from that passage of scripture, Philip begins to explain to him the good news of Jesus. Now, this, he finds out that this guy, is a, he's an Ethiopian, he's a eunuch, he's a government official. A eunuch, he means he works so closely with the queen that he's, he's lost his manhood so that the queen doesn't become, that there's no chance that he could be, he could impregnate the queen. He works really close. He takes his job very seriously. Alright? And so, 
this guy is, is there. He's, he's important. He's got authority. And yet he's listening to this dude. This random guy off the street. Now he's, he's here. He asks him up. And he finds out also that this man just went down, or he actually went up to Jerusalem to worship. This Ethiopian, this guy, he traveled something like 800 miles. Now we think 800 miles, that's far if you're in a car. This guy's in a, in a chariot, apparently moving slow enough that a dude walking along the side. Do you hear what I'm saying? So this took a little while. He took some time to travel. And he goes down and says he went to Jerusalem to worship. Now here's this story. Look at, look at this guy. He's gone to worship. Worship at that time period meant sacrifice. That meant you would, you would literally give an animal sacrifice, a blood sacrifice. So he just went, he likely gave a sheep or a goat of some kind and sacrificed it for the forgiveness of his sins. So that's what the Jew, Jewish people used to do. They would sacrifice animals for the forgiveness of their sins. And so he was just there sacrificing. But imagine this. He shows up. Let's say you, he shows up to the temple. He brings, he pays for his sacrifices. He brings them up to the temple. And they tell him, you're not allowed inside. And they tell him, you're not allowed inside because you are a eunuch. And according to Jewish law, he was, he was told, you have to worship outside. Right? Now that's rough. If you told me I couldn't come to church for any reason if I traveled 800 miles, I'd be like, are you serious? And yet this guy, apparently he still worshipped. He still took it seriously. He knew who God was. He still wanted to worship God. And so those who, who couldn't go in the temple, they had a place outside the temple. They would still take the sacrifices and sacrifice for them, but they weren't allowed inside. And so here... You see that this guy, he still has a good heart. Why do you know he has a good heart? Because he's still reading the scriptures. He didn't get bitter and walk away. He worshipped. He actually bought a scroll. And then he started to read it. And if, if you wanted an idea of a scroll, you know, it's not like, you know, this is pretty sweet. This is... This is awesome, actually. This form of like scripture is pretty great. They used to have these big scrolls that they would have, and they'd have to unroll them, and they're on animal hide. And, and it would be, for the book of Isaiah, this is an old estimation, it would be somewhere around $10,000. So if you imagine buying, you know, oh, this amount of scripture for ten grand, you're like, I don't think I'm that serious about reading my Bible. Uh, <laughs> I would, be, I would be much more inclined to listen uh, than to probably read because I don't have 10 grand. So we're so lucky that we have this. Amen. Amen. But this guy, he's, he's got the scripture, right? And he's reading. And, and he's humble about it. And he says, what, how can I know if someone explains it to me? But paint this picture again for yourself. He just sacrificed an animal. Alright? He just sacrificed... Animals for the forgiveness of his sin. And he's reading this scripture. I want you to, with that context, hear this again. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before the shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. 
And so, from that point of scripture, that was what the guy was reading. And Philip shows up, and he says, do you understand? He says, no, how can I? Unless someone explains it to me. He tells him about Jesus. He tells him, Jesus has become your sacrifice. Now this is a really cool thing. If you're a guy that just traveled 800 miles to worship, he's just told, you never have to make this trip again in your life. Actually, you came and worshipped and sacrificed these lambs, but that's an imperfect sacrifice that you're going to have to come back and make. But because of Jesus, He sacrificed Himself. He was the blood sacrifice on the cross for you. When it says He told him the good news of Jesus, what do you think He told him? He told him, hey, you've got sin, but your sin is forgiven in Christ. Alright? He said, your sin can be completely and utterly forgiven because Jesus shed His blood and you don't have to anymore either. So that you don't have to shed any more animal's blood. Jesus was deprived of justice so that you wouldn't have to serve justice. He tells him this incredible story. He tells him the gospel message. And, and when he tells him, see, this guy understood that he wasn't perfect. This guy understood that he had sin. And I think we all understand that we're not perfect. Amen? Amen. Even those of us who are super arrogant at times, like I was, I felt really good about myself. I knew I had sinned. I definitely knew I was a hypocrite. Um, but I, I, you can get the perspective. Even the best people know that they're not perfect people. You know what I mean? Uh, and so, we see this though. And he tells him this good news and he says, you don't have to be this way anymore. This guy is so encouraged. He didn't know anything about Jesus. Like two hours beforehand. He'd never heard of Jesus. But all he heard was, your sins can be completely and utterly forgiven because Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And he says, so you can be, your sins can be totally washed away. But that means you must make Jesus Lord of your life. And you know what's really funny? What this guy said? As they're bumping along in their chariot. He goes, hey, look, there's water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? You know, and in some manuscripts, it actually says that Philip responded to him, if you believe that Jesus, that Jesus Christ, if you believe in Jesus Christ with all of your heart, then you can be baptized. And the eunuch responded with, I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's what he said. And, and they got out of the chariot, they went down in the water, and they baptized the guy. Right then and there. And what's crazy is then, it says the guy comes out and he's rejoicing and he's celebrating. And he's, he's so excited. And Philip just takes off. You know, never to be seen probably by this guy ever again. And this guy goes to another country where there's no church, there's no other Christians, and he just takes the word there with him. You know, and that's challenging in and of itself because you're like, you know, we want to study the Bible with people and help people and, and say, hey, you know, we want you to come to church, you know, every Sunday after and get some time with Christians. This guy just was like, you know, just punted him across the, across the like continent to go be by himself. 
You know, when I look at this, this is an incredible story. Do you see, can you see this story? Like, can you see it happening? You know, and, and so that story is kind of the, the, the preset to my lesson today. I only have two points. The title of today's sermon is, Do You Understand? Do you understand? You know, this is what Philip asked the Ethiopian. He said, do you understand? Do you understand what you're reading? Do you understand Jesus? Do you understand the gospel? Do you understand who God is? Do you understand how much God loves you? Do you understand the Messiah? Do you understand? I have two points. Point one is, do you understand? This is the greatest news you will ever hear. This is the greatest news you will ever hear. The reality is, most people don't understand what the gospel message is. If you, if you asked a bunch of people on the street, what is the message of the Bible? What is the message of Jesus? What do you think they would tell you? Most frequently, what I get is love people. Just love people. Be a good person. Kind of like what, what Randy was sharing. You know, just be a good person and you'll be okay. And, and that's actually not the message. That's not the message of the Bible. It's, we're all jacked up people. We all, nobody, nobody's going to make it. But God doesn't want that. God doesn't want that. He wants people to get to heaven. And so he had a plan. And so I want to I share with you the greatest news you'll ever hear today. All right. The greatest news. And the goal is for us that we should walk away going, if you've never heard that, how are you going to respond to the news? Maybe you know this and you just need a refresher, but that you walk away going, all right, I can share that. Amen. The greatest news you'll ever hear. This Ethiopian, he believed in God. He believed in Yahweh God. He knew there was hundreds of gods. You know, he's traveling from Ethiopia. They had their own gods. But he believed in the one God. And he traveled 800 miles to worship him. What does that mean? It means he knew that he wasn't a perfect person. He knew that he had sin. And he knew that he needed to be forgiven. You know, we look at this. And the first thing I want to encourage you. Maybe you're here and you're visiting. And you struggle to believe that God is real. Right? I mean, that, that's true. People come in all the time. I meet tons of people. Guys, I want to encourage you and tell you. He is real. God is alive. He exists. There is no doubt. Science points to the fact that God exists. And scientists, some scientists would try to persuade you otherwise. Many will tell you the odds are impossible that he doesn't. There has to be one. But God is real. And the truth is, is that all humanity has a sin problem. You have a sin problem. I, I had a sin problem. I still struggle with sin. But the goal is, is that guy... That God didn't want people to not make it to heaven. You know, God will not be around sin. And because of that, people who still are left unforgiven of their sin won't make it to heaven. It doesn't matter if you think your scale should be on the good side. You know, as Randy said, I mean, we could be great people, but if our sins aren't forgiven, we can't go to heaven. But God wants you there. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to, to know you. And, and He wants so much that He sent Jesus to come and die for you to pay for your sin. 
Amen? Yeah. And, and this means because of his love for humanity, he's the, he set this up, and it's awesome that, you know, if you've ever seen a little lamb, lambs are pretty cute. Uh, you don't have to sacrifice lambs for your sin anymore. Yeah. Amen. You know, that doesn't... If you're an animal rights person, amen. But like, doesn't mean still have some goat. You know, that stuff's good in a euro. Uh, those are good. Some tzatziki sauce. But, you know, you look at this. It doesn't require that we, we sacrifice animals anymore for the forgiveness of our sins. We can, we can have complete forgiveness because of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, all of us are imperfect. All of us can have Jesus. All of us can know the truth. It can be explained to you in one conversation. All of us can explain it in one conversation. But if we're struggling, if you're, if you're here visiting with us today, and, and you're wondering, hey, I don't know if I believe all of this. I don't know if, if, I, if I believe God exists. I don't even know if I believe Jesus, the, the Bible, is true. I want to encourage you, study the Bible with us. And if you don't want to study the Bible with us yet, that's okay. Just start reading the Bible. Just start reading it. You will begin to see the truth in Scripture if you, if you begin to read it and just try to apply it to your life. You will grow in your faith. You know, but maybe you're here and you're saying, I believe and I want to grow in my faith, but I'm not really ready to say Jesus is going to be Lord of my life. Right? And this is good for teens too. Teens, you guys can... It's okay if you're not ready to make Jesus Lord. The reality is, just read the Bible. Get time to study the Scriptures. I'd still encourage you to study the Bible with us, but if you're not there, just read the Bible. See the truth in it. If you're not, if you're just visiting, I want to say, just start reading the Bible. Maybe you're not ready to make Jesus Lord, but you want to grow in your faith. Read the Bible. You know, let's get some time together. Our goal, what we want to do, is help everyone grow in their faith. Amen? Amen. And lastly, you know, if you want to, if you think you have the faith to be saved, if you believe that, hey, I'm ready to make Jesus Lord, you need to be baptized. If you haven't been baptized, just saying, I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. This guy got baptized. What's going to keep you? I want to encourage you, study the Bible with us so we can, we can help you make that decision with, with a full understanding of what it means to make Jesus Lord. But then to go into the waters of baptism and know you're starting a new life. Does that make sense? And so, for those of us though, I promise if you don't believe yet, this is the greatest news you will ever hear. It is the greatest news you will ever hear. But my second, my second point is this. For those of us who, who have heard this before, do you understand the message that you have to share? Not the, not, that's not to say the message that you must share. That's to say, do you have the message that you have? It's yours. That you can share. That you have to share. You know, we look at this, Philip. It's great for us to remember how, how awesome the gospel message is. That it's the greatest news we're ever going to hear. Philip was a guy aware of the message. He was a guy aware. He'd spent time with Jesus. That was amazing. He was doing miracles. But I believe we also, as a church, understand what the message is. Right? I think, I think us, 
Every one of us who's a member of this church, every one of us who've been around for a little while, we understand the message of the gospel. Philip understood it. And he was ready to share it. Now, I will say this. If you could hear, if you could hear the audible voice of the Holy Spirit, like, or see an angel, that would be pretty fire time. Now, some people would be, it's the way I see it in Scripture, people were terrified. Like, there were some people who just got on their knees and were like, don't destroy me. Uh, they were terrified. And yet they, they gave them to see an angel. How awesome would that be? But you know, here, this eunuch was told that he didn't have to, he actually didn't have to go to a temple anymore because God was actually going to dwell within him, which is pretty cool. He didn't ever have to travel to see God. Philip knew how cool that, how amazing, not just cool, how great that news is. Amen? He heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. For us, we have the same message. Amen? We have the same message and it's awesome. But that means that we want to share that message. We want to, we, you know, we want to take that time to, to give it to somebody else. Because it's so great. But it can be challenging. It can be really challenging to share the message when we forget how great it is. Or we feel discouraged or we feel a lack of courage. Right? Philip could share because he heard the Holy Spirit. You can share. It's much easier when you're closer to God. You know, and the question is, is how, how are we doing this week? How are we doing... How are you doing in your walk with God right now? Are you close enough to God that you feel that the Spirit is leading you to talk to people? Amen. You guys get where I'm going. The idea that we can't, we can't have the boldness, the courage, the excitement that we want to have if we are not close to God. If we're not praying ourselves. He, Philip heard the Holy Spirit. Are you seeking to hear the Holy Spirit in your life? Are you praying that the Spirit would lead you and speak to you? Are you making that time? Does that make sense? We need to be doing that, church. Philip was a man full of the Holy Spirit. You are full of the Holy Spirit. If you have been baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, you have the indwelling Spirit. And the challenge is, is Philip didn't have Facebook. He didn't have a text message that was like going off in his pocket. About this time, every Sunday morning, I get a text message that tells me, for some reason, from my bank, my, my balance of my savings. And I'm always like, throws me off. Right? And, but we all get the, the text messages in your quiet time. We get the phone calls. We get this. We get that. We get the emails. Maybe you're at work. And you're just, you're constantly thinking, when's the next email going to come in? When's the next email? The next thing that's going to tell me I'm behind on something and tell me that I missed something, tell me that something's broken, that tell me that so-and-so did this. If you're a parent, you know, getting a text about somebody put a hand through a window and, you know, needs to go to the hospital, whatever it is. You guys get what I'm saying. There's so many examples of the distractions we have in our everyday life these days. And with the reality of it is, is that it's all the more reason we have to be focused. Right? Sometimes we're like, oh, that would stink to be in a desert, you know, in the middle of nowhere. But the reality is, is zero distractions. You know what I mean? Unless you're like, flat, you know, 
swatting bugs or running from bears. I don't know. What are you going to do out there? I don't know. There were bears. Yes. There were. I'll show you a scripture about it. But you, you have it. Lions and bears. But um, we, we know that there are different distractions we have in everyday life. You know, luckily we don't have to worry about where we're going to eat usually. If we have food to eat. But we, we don't worry about where we're going to sleep at night, most of us. And so the reality is, is that we have these urgent versus important. Right? But we go, what's important to us? Do you remember what's important to you? This is the greatest news you'll ever hear. Do you remember that? Do you remember that you can hear the Holy Spirit if you're praying? That it's actually your right as a disciple of Jesus, as a child of God. That's amazing. You know, and so Philip, do you understand the good news that you have? Do you understand the message that's yours? Do you understand what you have to share? The last, Philip really did two things. One, he listened to the Spirit. Two, he spoke up when the opportunity provide, presented itself. For us, it's, not, it's one conversation you can explain the gospel. If that person becomes a disciple or not, whatever. I mean, not whatever. It's great if they become a disciple. Amen. But ultimately, it's one conversation and using the opportunities that God puts before you. Philip listened to the Spirit and he told him to go there. Are you listening to the Spirit when He prompts you? And are you taking the opportunities that He presents before you? Right? That's what we need to do, church. We need to listen and we need to speak. We need to pray and we need to speak up. We can do it. You can do it. It's going to be awesome when we do this because in two, we don't know how many hours they sat in the chariot. But was it a couple hours? Maybe. But this guy put his faith in God, got baptized, and was forgiven for his sins in a, in a relatively, really short period of time. What can we see when we listen to the Spirit and we speak up? Church, let's, let's make sure that we understand what we have. If you're visiting with us, I want to encourage you. Figure out exactly how much God loves you. If you don't understand, if you couldn't explain the gospel message... If you feel like it's just love, well, that's a big component. That's not, that's, that's a piece of a very large truth, right? I want to encourage you to study the Bible. If you're part of the church and you feel like, you know what? I couldn't explain the gospel message. I want to help you do that. I want you to come and talk to me. I want to figure out how we can really help the church be, be ready to share the gospel easily in one conversation. Does that make sense? And so for us, church, let's be a church where we... We not only understand that this is the greatest message that we've ever heard, it's the greatest message that they will ever hear. It's the greatest message that we will ever have to share with anybody. We're going to have a baby. That was exciting to find out. But that news was not nearly as exciting as the news that I could be completely forgiven for my sin. It became more relevant when I figured it out, what it really meant. I want to encourage you. Let's make sure we are people who really understand. Amen.
Mike has an amazing service sermon too. Um, let's stand on up and um, sing our last song. Don't you want to go to that land? Don't you want to go to that land? Don't you want to go to that land where I'm bound? Don't you want to go to that land? Don't you want to go to that land? Don't you want to go to that land where I'm bound? Nothing but love in that land.